You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 40. We are over the hill with Travis Walzer talking about branding. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who can't watch black and white films. He doesn't see the world that way. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I'm Seth, and you can find the show notes for today's show at sethmuse.com slash 40. And I would love for you to follow me on Instagram at the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I'm putting out lots of content you won't get anywhere else here. And uh, I'd love for you to DM me and talk to me, ask questions. I love that. So it's where I interact most with people who listen to the podcast and who follow me at sethmuse.com and read the blog and all of that. So thank you guys so much for being here. Now, today's conversation, I've been I've been waiting. I've been waiting for. I've been looking forward to it. It's with a guy named Travis Walzer. And Travis is and you'll hear me. I thought he was in in West Texas. Texas, but he's actually in Florida. So right now, when we just finished recording, this was right before Irma, Hurricane Irma came through. So prayers out to those guys. And I really hope that everything is fine. And if you're able to give and help with any kind of relief there, um, find your local church, find local churches there that are doing something and, and please get involved. So with Travis, one, one of the things Travis is really good at is he has such an eye for a cool design. He is a graphic designer by by trade. Now he does a lot of other things there. He came onto a team, and you'll hear him talk about it, that needed to bring their house, their church house, under a unified brand. And I know a lot of us deal with that. We've got the main church brand, and it may not be very good. And so the student ministry, because I was a student pastor, trust me, I know how this feels. Like, I'm not going with that. I'm going to do my own thing. So it looks completely different. The children's ministry then does the same thing. And if you have a young adults, they'll do it. Uh, worship team might even have their own branding, their own logo, their own look and feel, their own color palette, their own website, their own Facebook page, their own Instagram account. It goes on and on and on. So when you come into a situation like that, or you're in a situation like that, and you know, you don't want to be there anymore like that. How do you start making steps toward branding? So we're going to talk about what branding is. We're going to talk about why it's important. And then we're going to give you some action steps of things you can do to start bringing your house under one um, unified vision of what you are as a church. So this conversation with, with Travis is really helpful. It's really great. Um, and Travis is such a good guy. Go to the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 40 and get some of the ways to contact with him and, and follow some of his work, especially his Instagram. And especially this new thing is it's like, I think I'm gonna get this right. Church skill builder and.com. I believe it's a YouTube type channel that he started through a website and where he is launching like 101 stuff for building communications program at your church. It's really great stuff. So I'll put all that in the show notes if I butchered it here and you can get, grab that and go get uh, great, great content, great information. So here is my conversation with Travis. I hope you love it. I did. It was great. Connect with him, connect with me, and I will see you soon. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, and I'm Seth. Today, I have with me a guest that I've been talking to a little bit online here and there and following his work, and finally said, I got to get this guy in here to talk about branding. Today, I have with me Travis Walzer. Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth, man. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited. I've been 
you know, wanting to make contact with you for a while. So that's cool. Cool, man. And fellow Texas boy, right? No, actually, I'm from Alabama. You're from Alabama? Alabama. I thought you were in Texas. No, I am from Alabama. Oh, that's, you know what? Now I hear it. Now I hear it in but the we voice. Actually, I live in Pensacola from Alabama, like right across the line in Florida. So, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of Alabama in my voice. Man, now. okay, well, this conversation's going a different direction then. <laughs> I thought you were Texas. Uh, it's just, okay, all right, scrap this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, cool. Hey, I have a lot of friends in Florida. That's awesome. Uh, glad that you're with me today talking about this stuff. So tell everybody who you are, where you, you've told a little bit about where, you, where you're at, but tell us about your church and you and kind of what you do there. All right. My name is Travis. I'm a graphic designer at Olive Baptist Church. Uh, I worked before I worked in the church realm, I guess. I worked as a, uh, a marketing manager and a graphic designer for several companies. Um, And then about three years ago, I came on board at Olive, and I'm their graphic designer. I do all of their internal graphics, all of the ministry graphics, and I work really closely with our brand manager and social media manager to create innovative content that we can use across all of our channels to help facilitate conversations throughout our community. Cool. So tell us a little bit about your church. Is it uh, it kind of a traditional Baptist church, or is it more of a modern Baptist church? And how many people attend? What's your city like? You know, just give us a little bit of a snapshot of your context. Okay. Olive is a little bit more of a traditional kind of modern hybrid. Uh, We do kind of favor the traditional side of things. Uh, We're in Pensacola, Florida, which is kind of a large city. We have a naval base really close here, the Naval Air Station, NAS Pensacola. And we have a really nice thriving beach culture, nice summer culture. But uh, we run about 2,700 people on a Sunday. We're one of the largest churches in our city, if not the largest church in our city. We just acquired a new campus, which uh, will run probably not as many people as we run at the main campus, but probably a lot of people were hoping. And uh, we have that on the west side of Pensacola. We're over on the east side, kind of centralized in Pensacola. And we run those two campuses and yeah, that's all of in a nutshell. Awesome. And you know, and you know, I came from the Baptist world too. I'm, I'm very familiar with the Baptist traditional modern hybrid of churches. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun animal to try to nail down. It is really exciting. It is. It is. Definitely. <laughs> let's, let's call it exciting. It is an exciting thing. Exciting <laughs> is a good word. Exciting. It's always <laughs> something happening and, and people are, have a lot of adrenaline about it. So, um, well, today, what I wanted to get into is basically what you've kind of done recently at your church is you've joined a team that kind of understands branding in the church context. And you've kind of, you've jumped in, you graphic design, you do some of that, but there's also been a lot of um, of branding things that have happened. So today, can you just explain to us kind of your perspective on what a brand is, kind of what it includes and how that looks in a church, just your kind of your perspective? Sure, sure. I always say that a brand really starts with with the big three things that are the most important for a brand. Uh, first up, you have a promise and a culture. Your promise is that thing that you're known for. It's that thing that everybody should encounter when they come into your church. And it's the expectation that you're setting for people who visit you, for people who interact with you or come into contact with you within your community. You know, they're going to encounter that promise and right alongside of that promise in that in that same line is your church culture, which is like the heartbeat of a church's brand. I mean, if you don't have good culture to start off with, 
you can have the best logo in the world. You can have the best tagline in the world. But anytime somebody interacts with your church, they're going to have an inconsistent experience, which is either negative or positive, but more often than not, it's probably going to follow into that negative side if you have a bad brand culture. So promise and culture are the first things. And then anytime I talk about branding, really a brand isn't what you think of your church. It's what your community perceives your church to be. It's what they perceive your identity to be. That's really your brand. Your brand is an outside-in force. So when we talk about, you know, what is a church's brand, it really starts with the community and the audience they're trying to reach. What is the perception of what that church is? And then using a strategy to shift that into a positive light, if it's in a negative light, or to really represent that culture and that promise in a way that makes sense to that outside community. Okay. So you have promise and culture, and then you have, you know, your community's perception And then, of course, you have visuals that go along with a brand. So it's that mark that you leave that's easily recognizable that everybody can kind of see and know, hey, that's that church. That's what they do. That's who they are. It's something that's quick and simple. And your church is recognized when when they see that visual mark or that you know, that visual symbol of who you are. Yeah. And and it's not just like the visual reminder it to it brings along with the visual feelings and emotions and expectations and all kinds of stuff with it that's uh that's like it's a big deal you know it's like Absolutely. a really really big deal to make that true to who you truly are but, Absolutely. It brings that, that perception to the to the surface of people's minds. Yeah. You it, know, whatever that perception happens to be. If if it's a positive perception then the moment they encounter your logo it, it brings all that back to mind like right. a snap reaction. And can you can you talk a little bit about promise, your brand promise, or, or when you mentioned that, just kind of an example of that or what that might be? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of my favorite, favorite kind of brand messages is uh, Crosspoint in Nashville. It's uh, everybody's welcome and anything is possible is part of their, their brand message. Mm. So that everyone is welcome that's really a, a promise made. If you visit there, you're going to feel welcome. It's something you're going to encounter in your time there. And because that culture is so right and it's so well-defined, the people in that culture represent that promise. So anytime you walk in, you're meeting friendly faces and, and people who are going to welcome you, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, they're going to be there with open arms. So that, that brand promise kind of lives through that message. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for making that really clear. Cause I think a lot of us expect that when we go to the website and we don't realize that that little tag that might be on the front, that's what that really is. When you're yeah. looking at a website, it's like you matter to God. So you matter to us, you know, something like that that goes on your front page. You know, that's basically what you're looking at. And that's what you want on your front page of your website too, okay. is, is that, Hey, welcome. Here's what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. like that brand promise is, and, and I don't know how do you, how do you feel like churches tend to um, grab a hold of that understanding of branding? Do you think it's difficult for us, or do you think it just needs more education? I mean, where are we at with branding in the churches? I think it. I, I think it's it's both difficult and needs a, more education. I think if you asked, you know, ninety percent of church leaders, you know, what their brand is, they would show you their logo. 
mm-hmm. and probably be like, yeah, you know, this is this is our logo, and this is a card we made for our visitors, and this is like you know a handout that we made to hand out in the community, and all that stuff is great, but it's it's a I really say like a small part of what a brand actually is, you know, it, if the culture isn't behind it, if the values aren't behind it, and and if the perception of it isn't isn't great, then, then that brand really is, is either non-existent or it's, it's in a negative side of a spectrum. So, I mean, yeah, I think there's just education that needs to take place to your brand is, is more than your logo. It's more than your visuals. It's a culture that lives throughout your church. Yeah. I don't think we quite, in, in, in some churches, we're getting better. You know, you can see it in some oh. churches. They're understanding it, you know, and they may not call it that. That's the thing is that when we use the term branding, some churches may go, that's our culture. Well, no, it, it's the, kind of the same thing. You know, it's the brand, it's the culture, the culture is the brand. You know, it's part of it. It's just we use different words. So what are some other words they might use for branding or for uh, the promise or for the community? You know, all those th- visuals, you know kind of put it in the in churchy terms. Uh, I think a, a lot of churches say mission statement when they talk about that, which, you know, that's, I, I think that's great. I think a, I think a mission statement is something that not is out of practice, but something that really should live inside of your internal culture in your church, like through your staff and your staff values mm-hmm. or like the core values within a church, but communicating that to the outside the, the promise part of that is something that, that I think people need to latch on to because really for a lot of people, they don't really care what our mission is. They just care, you know, what can they expect when they encounter us and how, how are we going to achieve that mission? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of that so. talk the talk, walk the walk kind of thing, you know? I think you're absolutely right, man. There's, there's this, that's, I don't think, especially millennials and the younger crowd, I mean, they just don't care about mission statements anymore. And, yeah. and we keep crafting more and more of them. And it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, you know what your mission is? It's it's the Great Commission. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, a, any church's mission statement should pretty much reflect that, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. so we're not writing new poetry about this, right? It's This is this is a, a standing kind of here's your mission as a church. So we say that different ways or whatever. Well, people are like, well, I know that's what they all are, you know, or that's what it always has been. But it's that promise. It's like, here's what it's like for us to live that statement out here where we yeah. are. That's what gets people to go, okay, I'm excited about that. And you're right. I mean, for most churches, their mission statement is is the Great Commission. And you see it, you know, you can go to the church down the road, and their mission statement looks like the church up the road. Love God, and love all those mission statements. Yeah. All those mission statements look look the same. And the problem with that is it puts you under this massive umbrella where just everything is allowed. And then you wind up with this fragmented brand kind of deal where everybody's going left and right and up and down and nobody's going in the same direction because it's so broad and you don't have that that promise that really needs to live throughout everything you're doing that keeps everybody in the same direction and going in the same direction with the same message. Yeah. And see, I, I kind of teach this way, like your mission statement kind of is universal, but mm-hmm. your promise comes out of your values. So it's like, what do we value? How do we want to go about doing things? And this is what we craft our values. Uh, sorry, our, our, our promise, like what's going to go on the front of the website out of that, because that's what people yeah. latch on to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think when we try to lead out with the mission statement, we miss some of that because sadly, even though that is the mission, it's not what connects people, you know, to, to what we're doing all the time. 
Yeah. It might connect the super, super spiritual, been in church their whole life, you know, praise eight hours a day kind of person. But, you know, for Joe Blow off the, off the street that doesn't care, doesn't know why he wandered in drunk or something, you know, that's not going to do anything for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, all right, well, that's great. Let's talk about, um, you know, we, we, we kind of get why churches should care about this because what you said, it fragments things. So let, let's talk a little bit about this statement um, that I've heard before. And let me hear what you think about this. We don't want to be a branded house. I'm sorry, we want to be a branded house, but not a house of brands. So have you heard that statement before or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Can you talk about kind of what the difference is in those two things a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so a, a branded house is basically where you have every, I guess you could call it a sub-brand. I, I'm not big on sub-brands, but you have every 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 ministry brand, and it's all under a single umbrella for for what your church's brand is. So everything, you know, visually, like, is, is meshing together. Mm-hmm. Everything culturally, which is the big part, is meshing together as well. Everybody's on the same page going in the same direction. When you have a house of brands, it's basically you have all these little individual brands with all of their own promises, all of their own values, all of their own missions, and they're, they're not really functioning as a whole entity. Yeah, and an example of, like, a, a, a branded house would be Starbucks, Apple, something like that, where you, whatever you get from there, it looks similar. You know what you're getting. Yeah. But then a brand house of brands would be like, have you ever heard of Yum Foods? Yeah. Okay. Yum Foods actually is the parent company that owns KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and I think Wendy's. Yeah. So all very different brands operating kind of independently, doing their own thing, selling different food. You know, it is definitely, you would never know that's all in the same company. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think a good example of that, I remember back in college, we did a market study on, on you know, Pepsi and how Pepsi came yeah. about making Mountain Dew because Mountain Dew is part of PepsiCo. Mm-hmm. So they did this whole study and realized that there was this whole segment of people who are never going to drink Pepsi. So they were like, okay, how can we make something for them so that we're actually selling them a product and we're making money? And that was one that's the one example of, you know, what a sub brand is, is it's something that's devised to reach a culture that's never going to buy into your main culture. Those people are never going to buy Pepsi. And that's that's part of that business world. That's that's something that happens. But with our churches, we want everyone to buy into our church culture. So when you sub brand something like that, you're basically saying we never expect these people to be part of our church culture. Yeah. So we're going to make something for them that's fragmented, that's not the same thing as our our church body is, not the same thing as our church values are. We're making this thing for them because we never really expect them to be part of our church culture. Yeah. I think that is a huge a huge fact that we all need to take a second and let a, and absorb because as a former youth pastor, this is part of the issue that I see with youth ministry is that we teach students that youth ministry is kind of the last thing you need to do. When they leave youth ministry and go off to college, most churches don't have college ministries or their college area may not have one. And they're certainly not going to get involved in a church. Why? Because that's Pepsi. I drink Mountain Dew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's an issue. That's that's a big part of why they don't 
connect to the church. And so student ministries, really, if you're listening, I'm challenging you to really invest in getting your students to love the church and not the brand of the youth ministry, which leads us into the fragmenting of the brands. Why, why that's not a good idea. Um, It's, it's right there. It confuses the mission. So my question to you is, how deep, how, how much should we care about that? Because I know a student ministry wants their own logo. The kids ministry wants their own logo. They want their own look and feel because that's their kids and all that. So how would you answer a student pastor or a kids pastor or a young adults pastor that's coming to you and saying, hey, man, we've got our own look. We've got our own logos. We, we got our own thing going on over here. And it doesn't really look like the church. Like, how do you navigate that? And what's your thinking on that? Well, I mean, I- I've been there before with that, and and I remember a couple of very specific conversations. One of them was, you know, about a, a T-shirt where a youth minister wanted to have his his particular logo on a T-shirt, and I was like, okay. So the purpose of the T-shirt is to represent your ministry. So if you go down the road and you do a service project where I don't know you're you're mowing somebody's lawn, and somebody sees your youth ministry T-shirt they don't know what your youth ministry is. The only people who know what your youth ministry is are your students and maybe the kids that go to your, your student school. Yeah. But if you're, if your logo represents the church as a whole, that's on the back of your shirt, they no longer see just this fragmented ministry out there working to help people and providing service to people. They now see the entire church and they're like, wow, that's really cool. That church is doing you know, great work in reaching people in their community and serving people in their community. And that's really what it's all about in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let me, let me play the devil's advocate a little bit here. I come back and I hear you say that and I say, but, but we're trying to reach students, right? We need something that is in their wheelhouse that reaches them where they are, that is cool to them, or we're trying to reach kids. We want something that's fun or that has this color palette that that kids are going to love. And so all of our stuff looks that way because it's better for them. It's better for the kids or it's better for the students. So what's, what's a good response to that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, thinking? Well, I mean that, you know, that's, that's fair. There's going to be some colors that your kids are, are real into and maybe we can find a way to incorporate that to where it matches the church brand more. But really, at the end of the day, do you want your kids to be part of your your ministry or do you want your kids to be part of the church? That's really what it comes down to is, you know, are, are you building are you building your own ministry or are you working to build the church? Are mm-hmm. you working to create a, a mini community just of students or are you looking to connect those students beyond your ministry to a larger part of their life in the church as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the issue we face a lot of times with that is that you as a communications director, as a graphic designer, branding manager, whatever your role is, are often equal to the youth pastor in the org chart or, <laughs> or in the, uh, to the, to the children's pastor in, in like the function of this, of the church. And so you can't, Maybe you can't, maybe you can, you can't always come in and say, well, I'm the comms guy. Here's what we're going to do. So what, what are some, some, some thoughts you might have on navigating that touchy kind of area? Where should we start in moving the ball down the field in a brand to a branded house from a house of brands? 
when that's the feeling? Well, every situation is different. I know, I know one of the things I like to do is find a ministry that wants to buy into the church's culture and then take that, that particular ministry or that particular leader and really just sell them on the church brand and show them how being a part of the church's identity and the church's brand and the church's culture can not only improve their ministry, but help the church and grow the church and grow their ministry. And I, through doing that, you know, a lot of the other ministers see that and they're like, Hey, you know, like, that's awesome. The way this ties into the church, look at the audience they're reaching, look at, look at how, how much similar they look to the church. They're a part of the church. I want to be a part of the church too. And then through that, you create, you know, this brand buy-in for the church's culture, which is why really the church's culture is so important. If the church's culture is there and you have that culture well-defined and it's, it's really just good church culture, good promise, you know, there's a good perception of it and it's, it's well-branded then you're going to have a positive outcome from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's also, there's a temptation, let's call it a temptation. Maybe it's a good (laughs) temptation. Maybe it's a bad one to go to the one leader that is above you both to settle it Yeah, and kind of make them, make them behave, you know, kind of, here's what I think. Here's what they think. You make a decision. So sometimes that's the senior pastor. Sometimes that's a, another director or whatever. And, um, yeah, I kind of hate to see it go to that, you know, you, you want to try oh, yeah. to work it out, but I think that's great. If you can, if you can create a culture, I think that's the part that, uh, of branding that, that you've hit on here that just, we, we kind of bypass it because we're so in, enthralled with the cool visuals, but we, we miss the part about the culture we have to try to create that takes time, relational mm-hmm. effort, and it drains you to work with people. And you're like, man, if I want this thing to happen, I have to go be this guy's friend. You know, (laughs) you know, it's like that doesn't make any sense, but (laughs) it does make sense. You know, when you're thinking about creating a culture of where, hey, we're doing this together rather than, you know, I'm just I have a role. I have a title. It's on the desk. You know, my name is on the door. So do what I said. Yeah, really. I mean, there there's this place, this thing that has to take place where. You have to remind people that it's it's our purpose to love the church. You know that that's a big part of of who we are is loving the church and and loving the church's identity and the church's brand and and falling back in love with the church's identity is something that we have to foster for you know ministry leaders and church leaders and volunteers. We really want them to fall in love with who the church is. Because when they fall in love with who the church is, ministry and working within a brand identity and working within a culture and creating that culture becomes so easy when yeah. you're just madly in love with it. Yeah. And and uh, and just as a disclaimer, nobody really gets to say, well, I don't love the church culture, so I do what I want. <laughs> yeah. So just because you don't like the logos, just because you don't like the branding, just because you don't like it, whatever, does not give you the place to go, well, I'm going to do what I want then because I'm going to make it cooler. No, and once that happens, that's a conversation that has to take place above my pay grade. Yes, that, <laughs> with someone else. <laughs> but it, but it happens. It's like I'm a church within a church. No, yeah, there's things like that, but you're not that. You know, it's like no. there's there's times where yeah, a, a student ministry or you know kids ministry or young adult ministry. You know, they they operate kind of like a church, where there's worship and there's video and there's you know 
small groups and discipleship and speaking and all the things that you do on Sunday morning for adults, you do that for students. You might yeah. do that for kids. So it feels yeah. like you might have a service that's a lot like the main church service, but you're not yeah. a church within a church. And I think there's a fear that takes place too, where when you begin to buy into your church's culture, if you start to feel like, you know, what, what my ministry is doing doesn't fit, mm-hmm. you know, you start to, you, you have this fear that, Oh, I'm, I'm going to lose my ministry because it, it doesn't fit with the thread that the church is, is following or, or the, the promise that the church is making. So really being able to work with those ministers and say, okay, like your ministry, like we need to, we can figure out together and we can work together to adjust that culture so that it, it fits the promise that the church is doing, because there's a place for the people in your ministry. Yeah. Obviously, if they're there and they're coming, there's a place for them. We just have to work to say, hey, you know, is this is this a smaller group of people? Is it like a, a niche market, basically, that like, you know, we need to adjust and find out how they play a part in a larger role of the church? Or or what do we need to do? And, and working together through that and kind of alleviating some of that fear is a great way to create to create that that relationship and have them fall back in love with your church's brand too. Yeah, I showing think, them they matter. I think that's right on. It's it's even if we are technically minded, it always comes back to that relationship. Oh yeah. So last thing I want to ask you because let's get down to the practical side because we've talked theory and relationships and concepts and all that. If somebody wants to begin branding their church, and that could be we already have stuff, but we need to redo it or we're going to rebrand or we have really just a logo and nothing else. And we're starting from scratch. What are some places, what are some handles? Like, where do you start? Like what's a good way, a couple, three steps to start branding your church that you should think about? Well, I don't know who said it, but I know somebody at some point said that everything rises and falls on leadership. So really having access to your pastor and your leadership and, and talking through with them, you know, what they perceive the church to be and, and who they think the church is and, and what that looks like, what that, what that brand is, what those promises are. You know, I think that's a, a good place to always start is looking at what they're saying and then observation of, of people. You know, what, what people are saying on social media about your church, do they love it? Do they think it's, it's too traditional? Do they think it's too modern? You know, grabbing those perceptions and really looking at them and digging into them and saying, okay, you know, what, what, what's the perception of our brand and what, who do people say we are? And then really crafting a great communication strategy is, is massively key to adjusting that perception and communicating something new. So those are great places to start, whether you, you have the visual coming out of the gate or you don't have the visual coming out of the gate, really it's addressing the culture first and saying, okay, you know, what's, what's in our culture, what needs to change, what's our promise and what are we communicating to people is, is really where you start building a brand at. And then it's just time from there, crafting visuals and, and coming out to a great logo, something that represents, you know, that promise and that culture. So those are great places to start. Yeah. I like to test the culture by just saying something about Harry Potter on social to see if anybody gets mad. That's kind of the litmus <laughs> yeah. test of like, how far are we out there? You know, we, we are cool. We edgy? Are we edgy? Are we, edgy? Are we, are we kind of, tr- it's a good litmus test if you want to try oh, yeah. 
We did a. My we did. wife loves Harry Potter, so like she would just be all into that. Yeah, we, absolutely. I, I do too. We we did a uh, <laughs> we did a photo booth recently with heroes because we're doing a series about heroes in the Bible, and so we put got all these cardboard stand ups, and Harry Potter's one of them. Dude, I saw that on your Instagram, and I was like, <laughs> "That is massively awesome." <laughs> and we also have Thor, you know, up there, and I'm like, people get upset about Harry Potter, but let's not forget Thor calls himself a god. Yeah. But we're okay with that. You know, let's <laughs> let's calm down about the little boy in the robe with it yeah. waving a stick around. <laughs> so, well, yeah. well, I think I think branding is an incredibly important subject. And I think it's more and more important in the days ahead for the church, just because there's so many places we interact with people. And it's it's even easier now to get off the message, you know, and you think about the old days when it was like, let's put out a print piece or a mailer and you had to show up to the church to really find out what it was like. And you don't have to do that anymore. You can go to the website, go to social media, you can talk to your friends, you can go to Yelp even and find out what your church is like and see what other people are saying. So that brand message is so important to have it clear and everywhere and have everybody understand what it is and be on board with it. So I I think that's some some great takeaways from, from our conversation with, with you, man. Thanks for, for doing that. Oh yeah, man. And I, I totally agree with you. I think even more than corporate markets, a brand is important for a church because, you know, if Pepsi messes up tomorrow and they represent themselves in a bad way, nobody's going to look at the entire soda industry and be like, Oh, all those people are bad apples. But if the church down the road, you know, creates a PR nightmare that reflects on every church in the city, mm-hmm. and depending on on you know the size and audience of that church, it reflects it could reflect on every church in the country. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for our brand identities, it's it's massively important, and we have a huge responsibility to represent the church in a positive a positive light. Absolutely, that's a great that's a great parting shot. I think we'll wrap there. Well, uh, Travis, thanks so much for spending some time with me and and talking about this. I think it's important and uh, love what you're doing, man. So thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Same back at you. Love what you're doing. And and I appreciate being able to be on here. All right. We'll get some links in the show notes. Where can people find you online? Uh, TravisWalser.com. And then that really just hubs out to all of my social media. So they can just go to TravisWalser.com. Okay. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well. And you guys can get to that and find out what he's doing. And and you need to go check that out because there's some really cool designs. You'll get inspired and take it back and do some cool stuff too. So thanks Travis for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Look forward to seeing you next time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and joining us. I'll be back in two weeks. That was Travis. I'm Seth. I'll see you later. Hey, everybody. It's Seth again. I know we're done with the conversation. I wanted to give you one last shout out. Since we're talking about branding, I just relaunched SethMuse.com. If you haven't been there, I brought a lot of my ideas to a solid brand where it's a color palette, there are logos, there's a look to it. So you can start recognizing, oh, that's Seth's stuff. In fact, somebody said once when I put a, a a new resource out, which I have called 88 ideas for church social media posts and you can go get that at sethnews.com but it had a look and he and my friend adam said hey man i knew this was yours as soon as i saw it before i even read the tag that's what you want to brand that's what i believe i've got now go check it out let me know how you'd like it let me know if there's any problems with the website just go check out and get that free resource 88 ideas it is a great resource so 
I wanted you to have it. It's for free. All you got to do is join my mailing list. And then I will send you a, a fun, silly email every once a week to tell you one about the blog and two, a few things going on in the world and three, hopefully to make you laugh a little bit. So uh, it's a good bright Tuesday morning for you uh, if you'll join that list. So go check it out. Check out branding. And I, I thank you once again for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. See ya. See ya.